Welcome back to the show, guys. This is Athlete Maestro, and this is episode 500. It's a landmark episode uh, on the podcast. And I remember uh, when we started episode one, you know, and the message that I try to pass across and, you know, what I try to do with the podcast. It's absolutely amazing uh, that we've reached 500 episodes. And I hope you guys uh, have benefited from this podcast. You can send me a mail, Tola, at athletemaestro.com or Better still, you can leave us a rating and review. Tell us what you've learned from the podcast. Remember, this is a podcast that is targeted at young athletes. We help you break your mental and physical limitations in sports so that you can achieve your sports goals. That's the reason you are an athlete in the first place. So if you can break your mental and physical limitations, then it's only a matter of time before you get to those goals uh, that you are trying to achieve in the world of sports. And for this 500th episode, you know, I have something special for you guys. I want to uh, share with you 10 tips from the 500 episodes that we've had on the podcast. So I pick a lesson from the top 10 episodes on the podcast and share them with you on today's episode. Now, you might have listened to these episodes when they were live, but I do not want you to take away from the fact that you are going to be learning something again. So the top 10 episodes uh, pick out uh, the biggest lesson from that particular episode and, of course, share them with you on this landmark episode episode 500 so if you've listened since episode one remember when uh, we used to get you know five listens 10 listens 10 downloads per episode and you know stay the course now there are thousands that listen to each episode hundreds uh, that listen to each episode every single time that it comes out and of course uh, we crossed the hundred thousand download mark recently and you know that was also uh, just learned so on today's episode guys i'm going to share with you uh, 10 tips from 10 of the best episodes uh, that we've done on the podcast and of course this includes uh, some interviews uh, that we did with so many great individuals that we have brought on the podcast this episode guys is brought to you by my free mental toughness course how to build your mental toughness as a young athlete if there's anything that would prevent you from you know from achieving your goals in sports it has to be that mental side because when you get to the level that you're trying to compete at everyone is fast everyone is strong everyone is technically and physically almost as good as you but you see what is going to now set you apart is that mental aspect so head over to athletemaestro.com forward slash mental toughness athletemaestro.com forward slash mental toughness to get your hands on that free five-day email course where you can start building your mental toughness today and of course uh, when you get that course uh, when you start you get your first email Come back to this episode, episode 500, top 10 episodes and top 10 tips that I want you to learn. Welcome to Athlete Maestro, a podcast tailored for athlete development, improvement and peak performance. And now, here's your host. And the first tip, guys, is from episode 323. So that was the interview with Alan Stein Jr. And on this clip, what I want you to learn, guys, is how not to play the comparison game. Now, with all this um, coronavirus and everything that's happening and the uncertainty with sports and what have you, it's easy for you to begin to compare yourself to other athletes and what they are doing, you know, and the kind of results they are seeing and things like that. Then also, how do you determine or how do you stay the course in trying to be the best athlete 
you can be. So not comparing to other people. How can you be the best athlete that you can be in your sports? That's what I want you to learn from this tip. You'll be able to look back and you'll be at peace knowing that you did everything you could and that you were the best that you could be. And, and when you do get older, you, yes, absolutely. And you will get some peace in knowing that, you know, the, I believe the biggest regrets people have is when they look back and, and say the, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, mm. uh, if I would have done this or I could have done this or I should have done this, maybe things would turn out differently. So uh, really it, it, everything always stems around players being the best they can be. And that's, I guess, kind of the generalized question that, that kids would always come to me for is, you know, what do I need to do to be the best that I'm capable of? And, and of course, for me, that was just always in the performance realm. So it was always with, you know, trying to help them with their nutrition and their sleep and their rest and recovery and their strength and conditioning. I never specialized on the skill side, so I, I never taught the skills of basketball, but I always made sure to hammer home that they understood that the skills were incredibly important. But, but really, that's what it, it, it surfaced around. And, you know, many times it would be, you know, a, a kid here in the States wants to get a college scholarship. So, hey, my goal is to play college basketball. But that's just another way of saying, hey, how can I be the best I can be? Because that's the only way they'd be able to play college basketball is if they were the best they were capable of. Perfect answer. And one of the things that you talked about, you know, just in that answer, which kind of spills off and which I want to quickly talk about is where you talk about, you know, athletes who, you know, yes, they want to be the best that they can be. One of the things that I try to advise athletes on this side of the pond, you know, is this idea that they have that if I'm not number one, then it doesn't make sense for me to be killing myself in training. You know, so if I can't be the LeBron of basketball, if I can't be the Tom Brady of American football, then, you know, why do you expect me to train 10 hours a day? Why do you expect me to train on weekends? Why do you expect me to give 110%? What kind of answer would you have to those type of athletes who believe that it's number one or nothing? Because what I try to explain and tell them is that you need to be focused on the best that you can be. Success for every athlete is different. You know, so the things that LeBron wanted to achieve in his career might be different from things that I wanted to achieve in my career. Not everyone likes the flashy lifestyle, the attention, the popularity. You know, so you just have those athletes, they get to go to the Olympics, they're great. They get to go to the World Championships, they're great. What do you say to athletes who believe, you know, Number one or nothing? Well, I do my best to convince them that it, it serves them no purpose to play the comparison game, that this is not about are you better than someone else or are they better than you? It's about are you the best that you're capable of? But really the most important part to that question is, I mean, in my case, and I keep just referencing basketball because that was my world, but this is true for any sport or any activity. This would be the same for a soccer player. Uh, this would be the same for a, a jazz musician. This would be the same for someone that's a graphic designer. You should want to be the best because you love it. You absolutely love the sport and you love to play. So, uh, yes, training is always going to be challenging and difficult, but if you love the sport, then training 10 hours a day should not be punishment. That, that should be something that you'd want to be doing anyway. Again, that's not saying that it's going to be easy and, and you're not going to love every sprint and, and every repetition that you do, but you should want to be doing that. And, and to me, the guys that have ended up being the best, and we just, I'll just keep going back to the, the Tom Brady's and the Ronaldo's and the ones, you know, they love the sport. They love to play and they believe that they owe it to themselves. They owe it to their sport to be the best that they can be. So yeah, I, I don't believe in the, 
number one or bust mentality. You know, with a lot of kids here in the States, um, you know, where you have the, the goal is to play a college sport and you've got division one, which is most of the schools that people have heard of. And then you've got division two, division three, and some other levels. You know, a lot of kids in the States have this mentality that, you know, if I can't play division one, then it's a bust. And, you know, that's, that's a very unfortunate mindset to have because even here in the States, playing a D2 or a D3 level college program still means you're in the upper 1% of players. I mean, you're still an elite level kid. And, and I know lots of players that have played Division three basketball here in the States and then gone on overseas to have magnificent careers and play professionally for 10 to 12 years, make a lot of money, live a great life. So I just think it's very dangerous anytime we let outside – barometers determine our success and if you're going to say that if i'm not the best then what's it all for i just think that's a very defeatist mentality and and probably not the best mindset to have now tip number two is from the episode with the lovely suhey gomez now of course you know she uh, is a sports psychology student at the time you're hearing this probably you know she already has a sports psychology degree and the master's and things like that but in this clip you're going to learn about reflecting on your performance one of the things that athletes do and you might fall victim of this as well is where you're done with the game you pack up shop and you move on you know are you really reflecting on your performance are you taking stock asking yourself the question okay what do i need to change what do i need to add what do i need to remove and things like that. That's what you're going to learn from this clip with Sue Gomez. It was episode 383, if I remember. So you can go back and listen to the full episode. Looking at that reflective week or day, mm. you're able to become self-aware of things or your narrative or your story or where you may be lacking or not lacking or where or ways that you can modify, change, and enhance and be the best version of yourself in, as a person or in the game. Oh, wow, like it's, it's, it's so profound what you just said, because, you know, I think I might come to JFK as well. One of the practices, <laughs> one of the practices that I run my athletes through, you know, when, when I'm working with them is I always say this. I always say that one of the biggest mistakes that they make is that they finish training on a particular day. Everybody packs their bags and they're going home. So uh, they're going to watch a particular series or maybe they're just tired. They're going to rest. I'm like, you're getting it wrong. Obviously, I didn't call it reflection. But what I, I, I always walk them through a process where they ask themselves what went well. The next thing I did was why did that thing go well? Then what went wrong? Then why did that thing go wrong? Then what do I want to work on on the next train? So I always run them through five questions. Now, obviously, I didn't even know that it had any roots in like reflection because it was always important for me to pass the message across that training doesn't just finish and then you go, then you expect to come the next day and you expect to be better. When you haven't looked at uh, what worked, what didn't work, okay, why was that training that way and all of that? So it's kind of like the same thing you're saying with reflection. Am I correct? Right. Yeah, it is the same thing. Without Another thing to that point you just said, I didn't know that that was it. In other words, a lot of times all these like things with sports, psych, specifically mental skills, a lot of folks or performers do be able to pinpoint it that you're able to really enhance it and really take advantage of it. But yes, to answer your question, I would say yes, that's basically reflective practice. And you can also, there's so there's a number of research, you know, science-based research when it comes to reflective practice, where you can kind of dig deeper into uh, the more the details of reflective practice and how that works. Mm. Now, the third tip, now the third tip that I want you to learn is from episode 4, 
55 with John Prince. Now, this one is for the footballers, but as you would have seen with the episode with Gannon Baker, it also plays a role with every other sport in terms of agents looking at you and trying to sign you for whatever reason. So in this clip, John talks about what a player CV should look like. So whether your sport is football, whether your sport is American football, whether it's basketball, as long as it's a team sport, then you need to have a CV that tells either the agent or tells the team, this is what you as a player are about. And it's very important that you pay attention to these details because from that episode with Gannon, if you're looking to get to Europe, you're looking to get into the NBA, you see, making your case the first time you're going to need to present something. So that thing that you're presenting, what should be contained in that thing? That's what you're going to learn from this clip with John Prince from episode 455. So you can also go back and I would encourage that you listen to the full episode. A player kind of CV and a player profile, I'll, I'll, run, I'll run through it. So obviously you need your kind of personal information. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'd be your your full name, your 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 date of birth, you know, your nationality, and your and your hometown. Yeah, is is important as well. Um, often I put on there, you know, if you have an EU passport or, yeah. or a different nationality, then also include that. Well, or if you have a, a work um, permit or work visa, then then include that. Then you would go into kind of some of the physical attributes of the player. So, you know, height. Mm. Is, is pretty pretty important no weight i don't really put that on on player profiles um just because i don't think it's as relevant mm. in in football as it is in other sports a favored foot of a player yeah um yeah. obviously the the player's position so those are the kind of like the the simple things and then i would probably also do a little kind of statement at the very top before that just saying what the player is at the moment, what are his kind of ambitions going ambitions. forward? Mm. So, you know, you could say he's playing at, you know, top level in, in whichever country. Um, he has an ambition to, to, to play overseas and is particularly interested in playing in the Middle East, for example. Mm. Mm. Um, and then I would, you know, after that, I would have, you know, six, seven strengths of the player. Mm. So, you know, like composure on the ball, good range of passing, yeah. strong at the tackle, you know, if he's a striker, you know, shoot good shot from distance, good finisher. Um, but that has to be backed up by by the video. Yeah. Yeah. So you would also include um a a video link and you know you can upload your video to, to YouTube. YouTube, yeah. Um yeah, and 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 include that include that link. You know, the video should probably only be the highlights video don't, be, mm-hmm. don't make it too long um like how many minutes minute, it's fine no no i would say no more than six minutes mm. no more than 10 really because you've got to understand this it's a it's a snapshot yeah. you know it's um you're trying to get interest if mm-hmm. the club wants to know more then i'll ask you for a full game ask. tape yeah. because you can only you only see in the best things <laughs> on um <laughs> <It's true. laughs> on, a, on a highlight video you know, so I would never sign a player based on the highlight video unless that player's 
CV was so strong that he's played a number of games in a professional level and the club that he's at is is good and it's kind of do you even need to look at video for some of these players mm. if he's played you know 20 30 games for, for Manchester United do you really need to look video to to see if he's a good player or not you probably mm. don't you probably need to concentrate more on that fifth corner mm. Mm. um Anyway, so let's let's go back onto the the player profile, and then yeah. you would have a um, a breakdown of the clubs that the player has been to. Paid for, mm. um, and if yeah, and he would include some try and include some statistical data like the the number of appearances that players played, um, number of minutes played. You, know, you can roughly calculate it, but it's not available. Number of goals, number of assists, or mm. clean sheets, if that's relevant, and then break it down season by season. Mm. So it's giving you a nice, clear and concise career path of sure. that player. Huh. You know, newest um, to oldest, top to bottom. Um, and then if the player's had any injuries and it's like a serious injury, so it's kept them out of the game for a period of time, mm. then you probably <laughs> should mention that. Mm. Yeah. Well, I would mention it because, you know, there's a number of contracts that fall in because players haven't disclosed all the information. Mm, and they come mm. to contract and they've done a medical and they find that there's an ACL injury in the past. It's like, well, why don't you tell us about this? Yeah. So you're either going to get renegotiated or, um, yeah. And, and then the next step would be you could include some professional references if you get permission. Yeah. Um, I usually put professional references are available on request mm. and then how to contact you or your, your agent's details. Or the agents, yeah. And really, you know, that have your phone number down there, have your email, if you use WhatsApp, include that number as well. And that is pretty much all you really need. The fourth clip is from episode 260 with former professional basketball player Dre Baldwin. Now, I think it was a few weeks ago uh, on Fruitful Friday where I shared with you an excerpt from that episode. You know, now I want to share with you a tip, you know, as part of the you know top 10 episodes uh, that we've done on the podcast. And what Dre talks about in this clip is how to get back your confidence. Now, we know that sports is upsy-turvy. So it's up, it's down. Uh, you win some, you lose some. You do well today, you don't do well today. But what happens when you've been at the peak? So whether that's in terms of your performance, whether that's in terms of your abilities, whatever that is, and then you lose it, how exactly can you get it back? So you lose confidence. You're not performing the way that you usually perform. How exactly... Can you get this confidence back because you know that you have had this confidence before? That is what you're going to learn from this clip with Dre Baldwin, episode 260. And of course, if you want to go back and listen to the full episode, then of course, that will be advisable. Well, the first thing people need to have is they need to understand what leads to what. So we call these, in, in business, they call them the leading indicators. Mm. So everyone understands Nowadays, everyone understands analytics or yeah. statistics, yeah. which basically means you take certain actions and then you see the results of those actions. Yeah, okay, true. so when I did A, B, and C, hmm. I got results X, Y, and Z. Everyone understands that, yeah. right? Leading indicator means 
what happened before I did A, B, and C that mm-hmm. led to X, Y, and Z. So this yeah. is kind of deconstructing your actions. So, yeah. for example, if you're a if you're a salesperson mm-hmm. and you're making cold calls, you know when you call people in X, Y, certain a certain region of the town, yeah. they always are at least interested in listening to what you say. But when you call people in another region, they often don't even answer the phone and never even call you back. Yeah. So if you are able to deconstruct and see and not just look at your stats to see if the salesperson just looked at their sales stats, they'll see, all right, I made 50 calls and I made 20 sales. So that means if I want to make 20 more sales, it's just going to make 50 more calls. But they not, they're not even noticing. If they didn't look at their leading indicators, they wouldn't notice that half of those 50 calls that I made mm. were to people who didn't even call me back. Yeah. So what if I only if they notice their leading indicators and they notice that the people who talked to them were only 25 of those 50 callers mm. and those were all the sales came from, what if I only call people who are actually answering the phone? I only call people from that reason because I know what led to that conversation that led to the sale. Then I'll make an even higher percentage of sales. I hopefully people follow what I just said. Mm. But the, the whole point that I'm making here for an athlete, for example, when an athlete is at their highest, their highest peak of confidence, mm. athletes said they lost their confidence and yeah. they had it at one point. I, at one point, when exactly. You, yeah, when you were at your highest peak of confidence, what were you doing? Like how how often were you practicing? What kind of shape were you in? Who mm. were you working with? Who were you training with? What were you working on? How often were you doing it? What were you thinking? How were you feeling? And what's different now from then? Mm. And then all you would need to do is go through each one of those elements and figure out what's changed. And then you can just test and find out and iterate what's different now. Is it because I'm not in shape? Is it because I'm injured? Mm. Is it because I'm I'm not getting into the right zone mentally. Am I not training as often? Am I training too much? Mm. Am I not eating the right way? Am I not getting enough sleep? So it's a a lot of different things that could be leading to that. But the athlete needs to know when I was at my peak, whatever Mm. that peak was, what was I doing then compared to what I'm doing now? I guarantee you something's different. So Mm. whatever it is that changed, that's where you got to find out, okay, what which one of these is the difference? Mm. Because it's probably multiple things. I'm usually not just one thing. But what is it that led to that difference? And mm. you can just keep testing over and over. Mm. The same way that a, a website will do A-B Track, testing. Yeah. Mm. You know, like the same way Amazon A-B tests the color of the, the buy button. Yeah. Or where they place the description of a product. And mm. they test that stuff all day with millions and millions of people coming through that site. So they find what works. And that's the same thing an athlete needs to do. Oh, that's the work. That's part of the mental work that an athlete needs to do. It's not just get on the court. It's mm. not just get shots up. Mm. It's not just lift weights is not just do sit-ups the mental work is just as important probably more important than the physical work the fit tip guys that i want you to learn you know on this landmark episode episode 500 is from episode 272 when i talked about what to do when you can't afford a coach now with all this a uh, pandemic going on and you know scarce resources and things like that you might find yourself in the place where you just can't afford a coach anymore. Or maybe it's just been like that for you since the beginning of the year. You're, you're trying to work, you're trying to put funds together, you're trying to seek assistance uh, so that you can then afford a coach. But pending that time, what can you do or what should you do? And in this clip, you're going to learn that you have to have the ability to work with yourself. So whether you have a coach, or whether you don't have a coach, you see that ability to work with yourself as an athlete 
is a mainstay and it's something that is not going to go anywhere because you cannot get to the point as an athlete where you put all the responsibility to perform on your coach. You put every single thing that you want to do on your coach. No, you see what happens is that when you go out to perform, you are the only one there. So you have to have gotten to the point where you can train on your own. You can work with yourself. And that's what you're going to learn from this clip. I see so many young athletes who whine and complain about not having a coach, not having somebody to work with, but they are not willing to work with themselves. Now, there are so many sports-specific examples. And when I gave you my story and I talked about uh, my journey in sports and all of those things, you would have seen so many times where I talked about training on my own. So I use football, for example. Now, there are so many things that you can do. I see many of all these elite players, there are things that they did when they were growing up because many of them came from poverty-stricken backgrounds. So their parents could not even afford clothes and shoes let alone afford coaches to guide them and train them in the pursuit of their goals in sports. So they have to do a lot of all those things on their own. So starting with football, you can hit the ball on the wall, which means that you pass to yourself, you walk on your control, you have a high wall, so you kick the ball repetitively on the wall in different directions at different heights, working on your technique, working on your passing skills, working on your shooting skills and all of those things. You could get a tire, uh, an empty tire, and then you practice your accuracy in terms of uh, 10 yards, 20 yards, trying to hit the ball into the the circle of the tire and that then your accuracy becomes better so if you play a sport like tennis for example you don't need a coach to be on the court with you if if for example you want to practice your serves or if for example you want to practice your volleys or if for example you want to practice certain areas of the sport if you want to practice your hitting yes you need a hitting partner who will be on the other side of the course but just practicing your serve just practicing your strokes your volleys your smashes all of those things you don't necessarily need to have a coach at that point. So you see, before you can get to that level where uh, the coaches become important or where it's important for you to have somebody who is saying, okay, do this, do that, you can work with yourself, guys. So the first thing that you must know, the first thing that you must do is to work with yourself. So don't have it in your head that, oh, I have to work with this coach, I have to work with that coach, or I have to do this. What's the first thing? that you're doing to even help your situation so you can't be lying on the sofa at home complaining about not having a coach when you're not even willing to work with yourself if you play basketball you can work on your three-point shooting you can work on your free throws you can uh, work on your dribbles on the court without a coach being there you see all of those things are going to be perfect illustrations of the kind of athlete you are when a coach comes around and the coach is looking like did you say you haven't had a coach for the past year and you're like yes then it's like how did you learn all of these things they'd be like i learned it on my own i learned working with myself now, the sixth step you learn from this episode is from episode 231. It was a Fruitful Friday episode where I encouraged you to never limit yourself. And of course, I shared uh, an example from Michael Phelps. You know, and the fact that it is great to have dreams. But you should never limit the dreams that you have. Never limit the dreams that you have. That's what you're going to learn from this clip. Now, there's this myth in sports that there are certain types of athletes that are destined for success. There are certain types of athletes that are destined for greatness. And you might actually have heard that term before, that from when he was a little boy, he was just destined to win. From when he was a young athlete, he was just destined to make it. He was destined to be great and all of that stuff. But you see, none of that is true. You see, what you dream, what you can imagine, 
what you can see is what you get and that is what phelps is saying here now from the time michael phelps was a young athlete he was already being touted as the next best swimmer that america was going to produce now mark spitz had the record for eight olympic gold medals at one single olympic games michael phelps at athens olympic games in 2004 tried to break that record but he was only able to win five do you think that stopped him in his tracks do you think he was able to say that oh this is not for me i'm not going to be able to do it he didn't do that four years later in beijing in 2008 phelps broke that record and won eight gold medals at a single olympic games now you would have thought that all the success that he was able to achieve with the world championship medals and the pan-american medals that he had won over the course of his career would be enough you see phelps retired from swimming and then he started thinking of making a return and again people said who oh, is done is washed up he's not going to be able to make a return but because phelps did not put a limit on himself and he kept expanding his dreams he made a return at the london olympic games to add to his medal collection which ultimately made him the most decorated olympian ever so in any sport whatsoever michael phelps is the most decorated olympian and he's passing a message across to you today you can't put a limit on anything so what limits have you put on yourself okay i'm only able to go this far or i'm only able to do this thing or this is the only thing that i'm going to be able to achieve during the course of my life or during the course of my career or i'm not going to be able to do that at all because maybe i'm not just in the right position what limit are you putting on yourself you see the more that you dream the farther that you go just have that belief and have things that you want to accomplish and do not limit yourself based off of where you find yourself today or where you currently are or the obstacles that you currently face what is most important is your vision and the things that you are seeing that lie ahead of you the next tip is from episode 230 how to avoid perfection as an athlete and of course to use constraints to your advantage now one of the things that i've always said and i believe i still said this a few weeks back uh, about perfection that yes you can chase it but have it at the back of your mind that you can never be perfect but the idea is that you still want to have and achieve a very high level of excellence so you shoot for the moon you just might land among the stars so in this episode of the podcast you know i, I talked about why you should avoid perfection i mean yes chase it but avoid it then use constraints to your example so these are for the athletes who want everything to be perfect they want the stadium they want their gear they want their training they want their team they want everything to be perfect and they're not willing to work with constraints so in this clip you're going to learn that you should actually be using constraints to your advantage as a young athlete and on the flip side of that is constraint you see we always want to have the best tools we always want to have a wide variety of things to choose from where to train what to train with how to train and the minute that we are constrained a little bit or the minute that anything happens it might be as it relates to time or it might be as it relates to who you have to work with or who you have to train with it's always a problem for young athletes now you see in that dr seuss story that i just shared one of the things that Dr. Seuss was known for was that he was an American author, so which means he wrote children's books. You see, 
If he worked with the perfection mindset of always wanting to be perfect, he wants his books to be perfect, he wants his literary work to be outstanding, and he doesn't want anything to go wrong in the process. You see, what happens when someone comes to you and says, hey, you can only use 50 words to write a book? Of course, that is constraining you. And how perfect do you think that you'll be? Now, he didn't use that constraint as an excuse to not work. He didn't use that constraint as an excuse to not put forward. As a matter of fact, in another book that he wrote, Cat in the Hat, he only used first grade vocabulary list. So only the list of vocabulary that was contained under the first grade, you know, for, because he was writing children's books. That was what he used to write that book and that also went on to be a wild success. Now, there are certain things that you should learn from this story and there are certain things that you should understand. You cannot always be perfect every single time in the execution of your sport. And secondly, you can use constraints to work to your advantage. Now, if you check out my Instagram feed, at there was a video I shared of a little Ukrainian boxer, nine-year-old Ukrainian boxer who's an amateur world champion. She's currently undefeated. And, you know, she boxes spectacularly well and she trains as hard as anyone that I've ever seen. I actually stumbled on her page and you can go and check her out at Kirama and you'll bring it out and you see some of the things that she's doing. Now, there was a time that she got injured on her left hand and she has to go see the doctors. I think the hand was broken or it was a strain and it was in a cast. Guess what? She was back in training the next day, training with only one hand. And I shared this story on a past episode of the podcast as well. And I said, hey, what happens if she goes into a boxing match, for example, and she injures her left hand or she injures her right hand and she's constrained to box with only one hand? Now, we've seen this many times with some of the best boxers in the world. There was a time Floyd Mayweather Jr. was fighting, broke his hand. Oscar De La Hoya was fighting, broke his hand as well. The same thing happened to Vladimir Klitschko. I think even Tyson Fury broke his hand at one time. We see so many times with boxers. You see, the boxers that can adapt or the boxers that actually do adapt are the boxers who are not constrained by the situations that they find themselves. So Kirama continued training with only one hand because, of course, the other hand was in a cast and, you know, she would throw jabs and try to throw hooks and try to defend herself with only one hand because, you see, if she was going to find herself in that situation in an actual title fight, it would not come strange to her and that constraint would not affect her going forward. So you see, constraints and perfection, there are certain things that you must understand about them. And the first thing is that you must never seek to be perfect, guys. You see, perfection is a myth that there are people that can be perfect, there are people that uh, chase perfection. Now, you can chase perfection, that's fine, but you see, do not let it overtake your mind such that if any mistake happens, if any slight thing goes wrong, then it ruins your whole performance or it ruins your whole day and you're not able to do anything. This next clip is from episode 210, Pain is temporary so this was where i shared the quote with you from lance armstrong that pain is temporary it may last for a minute or a day or a week or even a year but eventually it will subside and something else will take its place if you quit however it will last forever so in this clip i just encourage you uh, to see sacrifice as a given in sports it's one of those things that you just have to do you just have to sacrifice as part of being an athlete. So what you must always have at the back of your mind is that you're not going to quit. And the fact is, if you do not quit, eventually you're going to get to that destination provided that you're putting in the required work. Take a deeper look into that root cause. So your habits, are they things that you can change or how did you stumble 
on those habits okay was it because while you were in school this were the training patterns this were the training time so maybe after you left school then you are kind of accustomed to it for one other reason or one other thing that happens to so many young athletes is the athletes that train alone you know so while they were in school obviously you had so many people around you so many people to train with so many people to work with but obviously now that you have left school and you're chasing this dream you're chasing this goal on your own now you have to train alone that could be a cause for self-sabotage because there's no one training with you so it feels like you are isolated number three thing guys is for you to take a deeper look once you've identified the root cause then take a deeper look into that root cause and see what exactly the problem is where it all started and all of the questions that surround it number four thing is make small positive changes see this is another mistake that so many young athletes make is that they want to go from zero to ten overnight and ensure that they change so for example you're going to see the athletes who uh, maybe they haven't been regular in the gym and they know that they should be in the gym so rather than start each day with 10 push-ups or maybe when you go into the gym you do a 30 minute workout and of course uh, each week you continue to increase so if this week i train three times a week for 30 minutes each time i went to the gym then next week i'm going to increase it to 45 minutes three times a week then maybe the following week i'm going to increase it to four times a week for 50 minutes but you see you're going to see many young athletes who they want to move from zero to ten so i haven't been in the gym in months and obviously i want to go in there i want to do a three hour session or maybe i'm telling myself to start with push-ups so let me just start with push-ups and probably get some strength back instead of me to start with 10 push-ups per day so that i build that consistency gradually no i'm going to want to start with 100 push-ups so i do 100 push-ups the first day the second day maybe i'm able to squeeze in 90 trust me the third day i'm not going to do it number four step guys is make small positive changes so if the habit just like the example that i gave maybe you're always late to tournaments okay so can you make small changes to your routine to ensure that you get to the venue one hour early then of course at the next tournament then try to get there an hour and a half early then the following tournament try to get there two hours or if your situation is like the example of the gym where you're not able to get into the gym consistently then make that change okay so you haven't been to gym in months okay can you do once a week then after once a week then can you increase it to twice a week then can you increase it to three times a week those gradual changes small small changes guys they are going to be more beneficial to you than making big changes which you would not be able to sustain the reason why so many young athletes quit on a particular goal the reason why they quit on something that they're trying to do is because the change they're trying to make is too drastic imagine trying to learn a skill or trying to learn a technique in one day something that it took guys one month to learn or two months to learn you want to learn it in one day obviously if you go hard for two days Trust me, by the third day, you are going to pack up shop and you're going to feel like it's a waste of time. Not due to you being intentional or not being deliberate about it. No, it's just a natural thing because what you're trying to do is too high. So if, for example, I want to start playing tennis today and decide to face Roger Federer or I decide to face Rafael Nadal, obviously, for the first few days, I'm going to enjoy the challenge of going up against some of the best guys in the world. But because I am trying to improve, eventually, I'm going to get tired because I'm going to get beaten black and blue by these guys who, of course, are way ahead of me. But could I start with an amateur tournament where everyone is almost at my level, kind of, give or take, we're almost at the same level. Then, of course, then I step it up to a semi-professional tournament. Then, of course, then I step it up to the pro ranks, you know, lower level guys, while I continue to build, build, build up until I get that point, get to that point. The next clip is from episode 326, how to stop self-sabotaging yourself as an athlete. The truth is that for many athletes, 
they just self-sabotage, you know, so you've done everything right. And when it comes time to perform, you just happen to screw everything up. And that's what we discussed in episode 326 on the podcast. But from this clip, what I want you to learn is that you need to take a deeper look where you find yourself in situations where you're self-sabotaging, where things just happen to be going wrong. Take a deeper look at yourself and then try to make small changes uh, to the things that are happening to you at that point in time. So you've taken a deeper look. You've asked the questions. Okay, now you want to begin to change things around. Don't make radical changes. Make those changes little by little. You see all these elite guys and you just feel that, you know, they, they, they do certain things uh, without planning it or maybe certain things happen to them by luck or uh, maybe it's just a coincidence that this thing happened the way it is. Let's start with the football example as well. You know, everyone talks about Messi in the sense that, oh, you know, how great he is, the level of skill that he has, you know, the goal, games to goal ratio that he does. Same thing with Cristiano Ronaldo. But you see, the truth is that these guys are not going to be able to do what they're doing or they're not going to have been able to achieve what they've achieved, you know, if they don't understand their sport in detail so there's certain things that you're not going to see Messi doing Cristiano Ronaldo with all the goals that he has scored there's one thing that he understands he understands the size of the post he understands how to finish which means the execution LeBron James as well you talk about all these guys and you think that you know he's being talked about as one of the greatest ever in basketball uh, but you don't talk about the area where of course this guy literally understands the sport okay so what are the positions on the basketball court okay what are the positions i occupy what's the strategy of the team okay are we coming to the nfl where it's tom brady you know and picking out defenses and reading teams or if it's alex mahone of the kansas city chiefs you know same thing guys you see the second difference between the elite athletes you know which i feel is most important the elite and the average athlete is understanding their sport i just feel you know there's so many young athletes out there who don't think that they need in-depth understanding of the sport they just feel that okay because i can play then that's fine but you see when you get to that elite level and of course we did that pyramid when we brought alan stein jr on the podcast where it says okay look the first thing you you need to have some sort of physical ability yes of course you, know, you have to either be tall you have to be big you have to be all of that. Uh, that, that that's there that's aside you see but when you scale to the next level of physical fitness you know when everybody has that physical thing okay then you're getting to the mental aspects of things where okay how mentally strong are you are mentally tough are you and all of those things then when it gets to that point when you leave that point then it comes to all this grit and all of those things go back and listen to that episode in detail where we broke those things down where we talked about that specific pyramid uh, that you need to have in order to ensure that you stand the best chance of succeeding in your sports which of course means you becoming that elite athlete the second difference that i've seen guys is that you see these guys understand their sports in detail i talked about it with that thing with caleb dress where he says look i'm studying my body in water you know so which is where i perform which is where i execute so if i study better then of course i'm getting better then of course you saw the episode that we did with Maurice Green as well where he talks about him and his coach sitting down and watching tape and watching film he's studying Ben Johnson and seeing that okay look this is how this guy was able to run this time okay what can I pick what can I execute what can I guys you have to understand your sport in detail I've talked about this so many times but maybe maybe now that we're comparing it between the average and the elite athletes maybe you're going to see more importance in it so it's not just about you executing just like Maurice Green said you see everybody can run fast it's how you run fast that's the key you see that's the difference uh, between the 9.98 and the 9.8 or the 9.7 that's usually the difference because see these guys understand their sports in detail so the question i'll ask for you i have for you now just as the year is running to an end is how much time are you dedicating to understanding your sport so if i'm a footballer for example if i'm a striker okay 
our time am I dedicating to understanding the role of a striker in a team? Okay, so what are the defensive responsibilities that a striker has? What are all the attacking responsibilities? Yes, his job is to score goals, no problem. But there are certain positions that he needs to get himself in. So if the defense, for example, is playing three at the back and you are the lone striker, it means that you cannot have three defenders uh, to contend with. Okay, if it's a 4-4-2, which means it's four players at the back, okay, you can squeeze yourself between the two defenders, you know, try to create space for yourself, which gives you more opportunities to score goals. You see, these are different things that Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and some of all these other guys understand that makes them special because it is the difference maker between those people that stay average and those people that are elite so ask yourself the question okay am i truly understanding my sport am i putting in the effort to understand my sport if i am then i'm on that way to getting to that elite level it's very very important guys because look if you're in tip-top shape that's fine. That's good. You have an excellent strength and conditioning program. You see, the next level is, you know, do you now understand the sport to use it to the best of your ability? So just like I said, you know, football is not an endurance-based sport. So if you come into football, for example, you know, and you can play for two hours without getting tired, that doesn't make any sense. Because even if you play for two hours, they're not going to give you a point for that. They're getting points for scoring goals, for preventing goals from going into the back of your own net and ensuring that your team comes out on top second difference guys that i've noticed is that they have in-depth understandings of the sport not just understanding the sport in-depth understanding of the sport and the final clip guys is from episode 407 three differences between average and elite athletes now obviously if you're listening to my voice and you haven't attained that elite status so which means you haven't gotten to that point yet it's something that you aspire to and because it's something you aspire to, you should look at those before you to see the things that you can turn around, the things that you can change that then gets you uh, a step closer to being like them. And what I want you to learn from this clip is that, you see, the elite athletes have an in-depth understanding of their sport. So not only the mental aspect, but you see, understanding how the sport works it's just something that you can see with all the greats of the sport and that is what you're going to learn from this clip have an in-depth understanding of your sport if you're going to take things to the next level the thing with a lot of young athletes is that the minute they feel some sort of pain that is always their avenue to quit Despite the fact that maybe the pain wasn't unbearable or maybe the pain was something that if they only took a little bit of time, then maybe it will subside. That's what Lance Armstrong is saying in this quote. He says pain is temporary. You see the sacrifices that you're given in pursuit of your goals and the pain that you would experience in the process, they would all be temporary. You go to college for four years. The pain of reading, sleepless nights, the exams, the study, it's only going to last for four years, which means that it is temporary. And he says it might even last longer than that. It might last for a day, an hour, even a year. But he says eventually it will subside and something else will take its place. That thing that will take its place is the success that you now achieve. So you've written your exams, you've graduated. I mean, you have the joy of having your BSc or whatever degree that it is. You have the joy of achieving your sport goals. But if you quit, however, then that pain will last forever because guess what? You're going to keep reminding yourself time and again of the sacrifices that you gave in the pursuit of your goals. But because you stopped abruptly, because you stopped in the middle and you quit, then you're going to have to live with that pain forever. Now, in the world-famous video, and I had this up in the show notes, athletemaster.com 
forward slash 210 where you see eric thomas talking about this motivational speech uh, to the class and the students that he was giving and he mentions this example as well about the students how they need to study hard and how they need to be determined in the pursuit of their goals and to give everything in order to achieve it he quotes this exact thing from lance armstrong to those students and he says if you are willing to understand that that pain is only temporary and that it would not last forever the only condition on which it will last forever is when you quit but once you understand that it is temporary then you would continue pushing on this fruitful friday episode of athlete master guys i want to encourage you to keep chasing those goals despite the pain that you're going to experience in the process that pain is only temporary and there you have it guys the top 10 episodes of the podcast 10 tips from those top 10 episodes and it's been a roller coaster and i'm so happy that you've joined me on this journey episode 500 obviously cheers to the next 500 episodes because i'm going to be here i'm going to be helping you break your mental and physical limitations in sports if you enjoyed this uh, why don't you take a screenshot on your phone share it on instagram i'm at tola Ogunewe, and let's celebrate 500 episodes of athlete maestro together recently we've reached a hundred thousand downloads now it's episode 500 so cheers to the next hundred thousand downloads the next one million downloads of the podcast but remember the goal is always you so if you enjoyed this episode where i put together 10 tips that you can learn from the top 10 episodes on the podcast then take a screenshot on your phone share it with me on instagram on instagram stories at tola Uglebe, and you can share it as well on facebook on twitter let other athletes know that this is a resource they can use as they continue to chase their goals in sports and of course if you haven't subscribed to the podcast you haven't left us a rating and review then i'll highly encourage that you do so athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe you learn how to leave that rating and review you're also going to learn how to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss great episodes like this as we continue to change the lives of athletes around do not forget to get that free mental toughness course athletemaestro.com forward slash mental toughness if you're going to apply all of these 10 tips then of course you need the mental toughness to help you along the way athletemaestro.com forward slash mental toughness and of course if you have any questions whatsoever send me a mail tola at athletemaestro.com i'll catch you guys on the next episode of the show remember knowing is not enough you must apply willing is not enough you must do i want you to go out there i want you to learn all the lessons you can from 10 of the very best episodes on athlete maestro i want you to go out there and i want you to be a maestro today and every single day